All right, Bizzle verse. Here I am with Papa Bizzle. On yo, the, yo, verse. On the night of Thursday, September 29th, tomorrow, Friday, September 30th, 2016, is the much awaited uh, release of Luke Cage on Netflix. It's the fourth Marvel Netflix series after two seasons of Daredevil and one season of Jessica Jones. Uh, Daredevil was famously renewed after the servers crashed the night of its release, basically. Jessica Jones got a cult following, and a few weeks or a month or two afterwards, they, they renewed it, and it's now a highly acclaimed property. We will get to that. Uh, so, Pompa Bizzle, let's start with the now, and now I want to talk about Daredevil Season 2, because I, you had seen it a while ago. I'd been putting it off. I was distracted by Orphan Black, which may or may not come up, uh, yep. but uh, I did watch all of Daredevil Season 2, and I liked some stuff. I didn't like other stuff, So, but real quick, and then we'll come back to it. What are your expectations for Luke Cage? I've certainly sent you a bunch of articles you know it's going to be a mostly black cast set in harlem it's supposed to be like feel like modern harlem but also like the the old days of harlem at the same time there's going to be a lot of hip-hop it's going to be slower moving um what what are your expectations and what would you like to see from it well my expectations are, are pretty high uh for it they're quite high i think it uh, could it could give J.J. a run for its money. In fact, the Inquirer reviewer, I think that's where I saw this today or yesterday, kind of alluded to the fact that he thought uh, that it was even better than J.J. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Right, right, which I doubt. But I, I Mom think said could... the same thing. I was furious. Sorry, go ahead. Who? A mom told me the same thing from the Inquirer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she, she knows she knows culture because he was in um, the Good Wife as a bad guy for a long time. Uh, go ahead. Even though he's the uh, sweetest guy on the I planet, see. but yeah, go I ahead. see. Yeah. So you know, as I'll say when we talk about Daredevil, but now I may not have to because I'll say it here. I, you know, I have high expectations because I really like the the, the New York City stuff, the noir stuff, the street level stuff. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm glad you brought that up, and I haven't. He, I talked a little bit about this in my JJ podcast ad, but you listened to it. In 13 JJ episodes, I didn't talk about New York that much. Yes, uh, but, yeah. but if, if you listen it's to important. all 13, it was, was it 13 JJ's? 13, yeah. Yeah, if you listen to all 13, which I, I did, I mean, you, you consistently, not every time, but you consistently make the point about New York as, as a character, you know, in the, in the arc of the story. And I really, I really like that. And not not that weird, you know, the Batman or Superman uh, Metropolis thing. It's really New York. Yep. Right. And I really like that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I talked about the JJ commentaries, uh, as you know, that, that as I say, they planted a flag and they said, look, we yeah. know it's going to be a few million more probably per season than filming in Toronto or Philadelphia or Atlanta or something like that. But they were like, this will not feel real if it's not New York City. And New York City is a character and it has been in Daredevil and has been Jessica Jones. Daredevil was very much Hell's Kitchen. Jessica Jones was set in Hell's Kitchen, but because of Kilgrave being kind of an international man of perversion, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you will, the, the, yeah, the right. anti-Austin Powers, right. um, you know, it, 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 it had to take place all over New York. And Luke, in fact, it, there's going to be a specific reason. I think the fallout from JJ is what they're hinting. And this takes place like five months afterwards. So the fallout, he needs to get out of there. So he moves up to Harlem, away mm. from Hell's Kitchen. It's more a tribute to the comic book. Hell's Kitchen now, as you know, it, yeah. is, is, is a very uh, saturated 
saturated real estate market. It's mm-hmm. not the Hell's Kitchen we see in the show, but that's cool because it's modern and retro at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they planted the flag and they just accepted it. It was going to cost a few million more, but that's what's going to make it feel real, right? Yes. So I, I have high expectations for, uh, for Cage. I think it's going to be really, really good. So it's interesting that cage is being released in the same year that the black Panther got a spectacular introduction in captain America civil war. And for those listeners who listen to Gabriel's and my, uh, 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 commentary for Cap Civil War, which I wasn't sure I was going to do, but I really do like that movie a, a little bit more each time I watch it. But I love the Black Panther's introduction. I, I thought he got a ton to do. They really primed the pump. And Luke couldn't be more different than the Black Panther. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not royalty. He's not in Africa. He's in Harlem. He's just a dude who was yeah. experimented on, and we're going to hear about it, I suppose. You know, um, My biggest problem with the non-X-Men is, is that the X-Men is the straightest point, between, the straightest line between two points which is there you're just born with a superpower that makes way more sense to me but in the avengers you have to be experimented on or there's an accident like with daredevil whatever who cares we're gonna get to see harlem tribe called quest brand new soundtrack wu-tang clan gonna be spectacular this is gonna bring in a giant black audience i actually think the black audience has watched jessica jones i have a lot of uh i say a lot but like i have multiple african-american friends who really liked Af- uh, jessica jones male oh. and, and female interesting and hmm. the inclusion of luke you know and just the whole luke reva storyline helped with that i think for sure, sure. And Rosaria Dawson, goddamn, who we're going to get back to as the glue of, the, of this series um, as well. I guess she's a Latina, but she's still a person of color, you know. I mean, in, and there's there's like an extended episode. Uh, I'm sorry, an extended scene in the final episode of Jessica Jones where Luke's unconscious and Rosario and Malcolm are talking to each other. Three people of color on this Marvel property on Netflix just talking, you know, in Hell's Kitchen, de- right. dealing with a bunch of shit. You know, Daredevil, by necessity, is a little whiter. Um, so uh, we'll get back to Luke Cage. I have high expectations. There's no way it's going to be better because Kristen Ritter is a better actor than my culture is. I'm sorry. I, you know, I know he was in Good Wife. I know he was in Zero Dark Thirty. I liked him as Luke Cage a lot, Jessica Jones. But she has like an it factor that I don't think he has. And I think that'll make you know, this series uh, more interesting in some ways. Because they have lots of supporting side characters who we know about, you know, mostly African Americans, but not all, who are going to have lots of time on screen. And that's, it's going to be a little bit more like an ensemble cast, I think, even though it's called and about Luke Cage, is my prediction. So, Dad. Yes. I just finished Daredevil Season 2. Yes. I was supposed to take care of this a long time ago. And with with podcasts and just watching movies and other stuff, I get distracted. I'm still behind on Homeland. I'm still behind on Vikings. But when Luke Cage started creeping up, I had Daredevil all keyed up to go. And then about, you know, three, four weeks ago, I decided to watch an episode of Orphan Black, which Matt had been selling to me for a while, although not as hard as he should have, in retrospect. Right. <laughs> I don't think Matt could have imagined how in love I would f- fall with that show. Um, and, you know, that's 40 episodes over four seasons. And, you know, I was about halfway through when she won the Emmy. I didn't even, I, I had heard that she'd been nominated. That was one where I was not ahead of the curve, you know. I've been, I've been talking Black Panther for two years already. And so right. when it's amazing in 2018, I can say, listen to the tape three, you know, three and a half years ago. Uh, this Orphan Black 
Slack is not one I can take credit for. I stumbled onto it at the right time. Um, even the snarky Bill Simmons people, uh, well, well, they kind of joked about it a little bit, had nothing but positive things to say about her in particular, um, and her performance. And so I got distracted from that and then had to jump back to Daredevil, ran through Daredevil season two as much as possible. And I have to say, it's pretty much what I was expecting. I mean, it wasn't worse. It wasn't better. Bernthal definitely gets better as it goes on. You know, you had really played up Electra. Matt mm-hmm. had really played down Electra. The nerds in general, I don't think, like Electra. And we're going to get back to that. Good. I'm, I'm more on your side. Mm. I think she was good. She was very comic booky in the best way possible. That's exactly how comic book you know, young, confused, powerful female characters behave and respond because of, you know, they're caught up in these bigger things. They're just people, but they're because of their powers. They're caught up in these big things. I like that. They leave it open. Um, she's the combination. Wait, wait, wait. You like to leave it open in what sense? Well, I mean, she's dead supposedly, but then they dig her up and put her in the giant, you know, ninja machine at at the very end. If you recall, spoiler alert, I guess I'll put a spoiler warning at the beginning of this. Um, so they, you know, they leave it open, whether they have a Lazarus pit, which they also have in Batman and arrow who are from the DC universe. And there's Ra's al Ghul with his ninjas. It's very similar the whole season. And again, this might be just because of watching, you know, Batman movies and the Arrow series recently where they really did this stuff before with the ninjas and the bows and arrows and the Wolverine movie. I just feel like I had seen this all before. And Elektra did not have great writing to work with and she didn't have a great arc to work with. And just her personality, I thought, was really fun to watch. And honestly, I probably laughed five times at all during this entire season. And at least three of them were her, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's her name in real life? Because she's, like she's like a genius and beautiful, and she's like a black belt, and she's got all sorts of stuff. Right, she's a lawyer. Her name is Elodie Young. Ah, uh, Elodie Young, yeah. And uh, she's a lawyer, she's a black belt. But I found that as beautiful and sexy as she was, sh- she played it, again, as we've talked about, she played it cute. She played it a little cutesy in a good way. It wasn't the straight seductress. That's what I was worried about. I thought she was going to be the straight-up ninja seductress. But she kind of was sensitive and vulnerable and cute, you know? And, and that was really appealing to me, you know? And, and, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not cute. It's like she's this... I, I know where you're going with I mean, it, like Jayla, just... like Jayla uh, uh, in, uh, in Star Trek. I know it's a much less developed character, you know. But Jayla is beautiful and sexy, but what makes her, you know, compelling and you roof her is that she's kind of, just kind of cute and sweet and, and has, a, has a good heart mm-hmm. deep down despite all the bullshit. No, she's a very, you know, she's a very sophisticated jet setter, rich girl, um, is, her, is her veneer. Um, well, in the flashbacks, that's a little more apparent than in the current reality, but yeah. You know, at, at at the beginning, yes, right. At the beginning, in the first few, uh, in the first few episodes in which she appears, which may be I don't know three and four, she first appears, something like that. Yeah, um, they do the flashbacks, and you can see them uh, when uh, he was in, he or they, they were in law school together at at Columbia, and uh, you get that you know that she is this jet setting rich girl who's who high flying wealthy so she's not cute she's very sophisticated but 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 at the very end the last couple episodes where he's turning her yeah and she just gets really sweet with him and she 
Yeah, know? she, she right. She she's trying to to pull herself away from stick, and, and they didn't that, and they didn't sell any of that well. They didn't sell the stick relationship well. They didn't sell her being the super weapon well. It was all through performance. So I give her tons of props because she sold it through performance. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think she's a great actress. She's really easy on on the eyes, but it's not distracting, right? It's like borderline distracting, but it's not actually, you know, like she she does have some sort of human kind of qualities to how she looks, and it helps that she's ambiguously, you know, ethnic. Um, it's not really clear where she comes from, right? You know, I you you probably are not going to agree with this at all, but I sure. I, I think that um, uh, wait, what's her last name is Paige? What's her first name? Karen. Uh, Karen. Um. I think that Karen's looks are distracting, and she's not the actress that that Electra is, in 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 my opinion. But again, uh, as we've said offline, I never know with this show regarding the writing and the acting whether we're seeing pulpy writing and pulpy acting, or crappy writing and crappy acting. Here's the problem: it's yeah. it's not crappy. No one mails it in. Everyone's trying their asses off. They clearly care about it, okay? But it's not pulpy because it's not funny. I mean, you can get away with pow, zam, boom, bang, bang, you know, if you, if you got some one-liners. I mean, they really made almost no attempt, you know, and, and they, went the away, they went away from my Joss Whedon model of as it gets darker and more serious to that's when they break out the humor, you know? Well, but like, I don't think it's all about humor. I think there's, there's, there's a two-dimensionality to, to, the, to the characters yeah. a lot of the time and a two-dimensionality to, to, to the writing that I could construe as comic booky, as pulpy. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's, let's jump into it. Let's jump to our Daredevil uh, yeah. season two analysis. Yeah. John Bernthal. Love him. Like D'Onofrio is an actor's actor. Yep. Every time you hear another actor talk about John Bernthal, they're like in awe. Hmm. He's in Sicario with Benicio del Toro and um, uh, uh, what's her face? Krasinski's wife and a drug, uh, Emily Blunt, uh, which, yeah, I, which, which I, I started so watching. I, yeah. I just I just watched it like last week. I'd never heard of it. Oh, I heard and it's I, good. I watched like a few minutes of it, and then my yeah. inter- internet crapped out. Should I keep watching? Yes, watch it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was coming in on HD for some reason. I don't know if they're uh, giving me the finger on that one. Hmm. Um, where did you watch it? You taped it or something? I taped it. Yeah. Yes. But let me just name some of the movies that Bernthal has been in or will be in. Okay, you ready for this? I am. I, fr- frankly, though, let me say, I never yes. knew who the hell he was right. before but, this. But you recognize him, but you can't put a name on it. Okay. Right. right. All right. So coming up, he is not only getting his own 13-episode series, which was never part of the plan, mm, in which great. they announced immediately after the release of season two. Very smart. But he's going to be in all eight episodes, is rumored, of the Defender show, which means Very he's smart. basically going to be the fifth Defender. He's going to be doing what he did at the end of season two of Daredevil, where he's like the sniper on the roof while they take, take out the bad guys, but if they can't take out the bad guys, they'll take out the bad guys. Right. Okay. But you ready for this? Yeah. Sicario, Wolf of Wall Street, one of the mains, actually, in the Wolf of Wall Street. Completely went over my head. 20 episodes of The Walking Dead in 2010 to 2012, which even though I'm not into zombies or any of this stuff, that stretch of The Walking Dead is considered to be some of the greatest television ever. Hmm. Hmm. Like on the Battlestar Galactica level. Jesus. Um. 
And on top of that, um, he was in, uh, wait, there's one, there's one more bombshell. Oh, he was in Fury, which we never saw, but I think we would like if we saw it. I watched it on cable. Yes. Uh, and oh, you thought it was terrible. Yeah. 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 It's, it's okay. really mediocre. Okay. But it was a great cast. Great cast. And which he's is why the, I watched it. And he's in a third, he's the third actor named in a movie that we're going to see on Grandma's birthday, October 14th, The Accountant, featuring Ben Affleck, my girlfriend Anna Kendrick, and John Bernthal. Mm. He's moving up in the world. He's billed over Jeffrey Tambor, J.K. Simmons, and John Lithgow in this movie that's how important he is to the movie and they're not showing him which probably means he's spectacular and important part and that's why they're not showing him right now i knew daredevil growing up big surprise from my buddy al mm-hmm. who was into hyper violent things and <laughs> and you know his parents allowed me to see and do things that you did not <laughs> so you can thank you can thank them for that so he had all these punisher comics and we just geeked out over the guns yeah yeah but with everything going on now in the world, I have to think it was in the back of their heads that the Frank Castle character's third dimension, in a way, was the social dimension of, of guns. I don't know what you think about that. It was on my mind watching it. Go ahead. I just talked for a while. Uh, about Bernthal? Bernthal, um, guns, the Frank yeah. Castle character, the Punisher, yeah. the whole... I mean, let's put it this way. Once Bernthal, once he was in jail and dealing with with uh, with Kingpin, yeah, then the series got a lot more interesting. There's no doubt the last four, five, six episodes were better than the first ones. I think, and oh, Elect- no, and Electra no, jumped no. into the picture. I, I thought the the relationship arc between him and and uh, and Matt was really excellent. They had a lot of long. Well, that's dialogue. what Matt thinks. Matt says the first half's better than the second half because of that. Yeah, um, I, I thought that was excellent from with him from from the beginning because the complexity of their conversations. Uh, you know what it was, Dad? Huh. And I thought of this as I was watching it, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah, their dialogue about the difference between being a hero and a vigilante yeah. dealt with what Captain America: Civil War wanted to deal with, but was either unable to or just the structure of a movie of that size couldn't oh, really have right. that conversation. Right. Uh, they have so much time in these 13 episode series to yeah. they can really do some. But if you think about it, you know, at the beginning of Civil War when Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch accidentally kills a bunch of people saving other people, she's killing other people trying to save other people. Frank is specifically not trying to save people. He's just trying to kill people. And so you can have that discussion with Daredevil a little bit more on a more realistic level because they're both vigilantes. They just deal with it in a different way. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was very taken with the Punisher character from the very beginning. I thought, you know, not knowing who the hell Bernthal was, no contact. I thought he was a terrific actor from from what I was watching. And uh, he made Matt's character more, more interesting. Um, so even though we didn't have a whole lot of Wilson Fisk in this second season, because although, was it was good, but, oh, but the, 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 the Wilson Fisk that we got was, I thought was spectacular. It's like, it's like a little balls tickle, right? I mean, there, you know, oh, so he, I mean, what he was in maybe three episodes, maybe four. He was in, I of, think th- parts of three, he had one all to himself essentially. Oh, right. When he turned I mean, the tide of the whole thing. 
what they did with him again, I thought was just spectacular. And, and Bizzle Guys listeners, my father and I recently saw The Magnificent Seven, which will never be mistaken for a great movie, but it's a <laughs> really fun Western, a buddy Western. Right, right. Um, but there's no doubt that as much as we love Chris Pratt, Denzel Washington, and Ethan Hawke, actually, I thought outside it, well, well, the second best, second most interesting character in that movie was Ethan Hawke, I thought. Mm-hmm. The most was just D'Onofrio out of sheer performance. He talked in a high voice. He was like the he was like the the Castrati version of of Davy Crockett. <laughs> like yeah, I don't even right. know how to describe right, it. Yeah. Right, that's right. He was extraordinary. He's you know, he's he's just an extraordinary actor. What he can do, the way he changes his voices, and it's just incredible. And after he had maybe twenty to thirty lines at most that whole movie, his yeah. extended death scene where they don't change the camera at all for like you know twenty thirty seconds yeah. is one of the great action death scenes ever, out of sheer uh, performance. Ever, it was it was a virtuosic death scene. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's he again, he's another underground legend. He's another actor's actor. He's done a ton of theater, you know. I, 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 I my guess is you know, they were so excited to have D'Onofrio on on that um I don't know, he just brought an energy talking about Magnificent 7 really quick. Yes. He he brought in a, a specific energy that was not the same as the other six guys energy. Yeah, it's true. That I think worked really well. Yeah, it was uh, it was a brilliant addition, and it it was great that Daredevil was able to bring him back for four episodes in the second season. I mean, it was just those those four episodes with him in it were so rich and just. But I won- think here here's my problem with Matt Murdock, and let mm. me let me preface this by saying I do really like Charlie Cox. I think he's been underutilized. I'm glad he found a role here. I think it was smart. He's supposedly 5'10". I don't really buy it. He looks maybe an inch or two taller than me, like maybe 5'9". But mm-hmm. that's, that's way cooler, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Frank Castle is not very big either. Right. You know, he's using guns. Um, I looked it up. D'Onofrio is like 6'4". Yeah, he's yeah. Like, like she's probably like six four, like two eighty or something like well, that. Well, you can tell in, in both in both uh, properties that we've just been talking about. He's as big as a bear. Big as a he's, bear. He's so broad chested and. But he moves huge. so lightly on his feet. It's such a brilliant thing. Yeah, yeah. But the problem with Matt Murdock to me, is at least as portrayed in the few comic books I've read and certainly these series, is that his. Level of intelligence, and but mixed with his moralizing, doesn't result in the level of philosophizing that I would hope for. Oh, interesting. Wow. Very he's, interesting. He's philosophically very naive, and so I ended up taking Frank's side in their debates, not because I agreed with Frank's perspective, but because I think Frank, although seemingly just gruff and instinctual and you know beastly and not particularly smart actually has a better uh, feel for reality than Matt does, which informs his character and his character's decisions. He's thought through things a lot, a lot further. Well, but you know, I, I could say glibly, maybe I shouldn't even say it at all, but it, it's, I think it's particularly, uh, he's kind of a Catholic, a yeah. very Catholic character. Absolutely. From, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're often very black and white. Yeah. Um, and he, he is that. Yeah, I, I mean, they look to past philosophers like St. Augustine rather than making new philosophy. 
Right. And that's exactly why, you, you know, you sent me an article recent, uh, recently, the other day, about a day or two ago, about, you know, is St. Francis just all hype as the new pope or whatever? Yes. I think he's highly philosophical, but the world just doesn't want to hear that message. It's like, either you're Catholic and he's not traditional enough, or, you know, you're not Catholic and he's just the pope, so you don't care about him. Mm-hmm. So who's his audience, right? He's yes. like a stand-up comedian <laughs> telling jokes that nobody gets. <laughs> right <laughs> seriously right you right. know uh, except for a few of us i think he's right. a real philosopher i was hoping we'd see daredevil become more of a philosopher but you know but but because of electra and the and the journey he goes on he he well, takes the hero's route instead which is to just double like which what cap does which is just double down on morality basically you know so, some somewhat i ironically yeah. if you juxtapose matt with the catholic priest who i don't think we saw at all in season two Right or but maybe at the very beginning we saw him, but in some ways the Catholic priest is more differentiated as a philosopher than than Matt is. Right. Yeah. Was that what that wasn't the same Catholic priest when they were burying? um, Who were they burying at the church? And then he talked to the priest afterwards. The priest knew who he was. I don't know if that was the same priest. I think I think the the priest from season one who was in it so much in season one made. Maybe a single appearance in, in season two. Yeah, I just, you know, I think there was major problems with the writing. I don't think the story completely added up. I think, you know, they were using this as a bridge to the Defenders, which is weird to say about a television show. You, this is totally uncharted territory. It's one thing for a movie to set up another movie, but for a TV show to set up, a, you know, a, I mean, a team-up TV show with the hand and the whole Japanese element. We've seen this before, Batman and Arrow and other properties. That's fine. Wolverine as well has a lot of dealings with the Japanese. They weren't humanized. Madame Gao, who's a phenomenal old older Chinese actress. Yeah, she's terrific. I wish we had more of her. She was one of the highlights of the first season. Her, yep, her yep. the way she scared uh, Fisk in season one. Yes, by doing nothing. Yes. you know, just the way he was just constantly in horror of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's implied, by the way, that his machinations from jail include taking her down. Um, Yes, I I think that's true. Yes. So, uh, okay. So I don't think they would have put Fisk in just for D'Onofrio appearance, although that would have been totally fine. But there's no news on its third Daredevil season. We we still have to get Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and Jessica Jones season two in the next two years. That's four series. Um, it's possible that, you know, the season two was sort of an option that was always a possibility, but the season three was never, I mean, you know, basically Punisher is going to be Daredevil season 2.5, I think. I mean, I think, I think we're going to see Daredevil. Oh, I see. And so, um, so this would be a good transition, which is as many problems as I had with the unevenness of the writing and the dialogue of season two of Daredevil, even more than season one, they are doing a much better job than most other properties in weaving in and out of these characters. Like Punisher, certainly Claire Temple, played by Rosario Dawson. I mean, let me, let, let me, let me say this about Rosario Dawson. <laughs> she really spiced up the final episode of Jessica Jones, but that would have been a great final episode no matter what. Right. I was constantly looking for her in this season. There's, I mean, I, you know, I wanted more Claire Temple. She's the only one who can really get inside his head. And, and so when they have her on for her short bits, she's like an exposition character exposition yeah. fountain. 
Well, there really, yeah, but there really wasn't that much room for her between Karen and, and Electra. There just, there just wasn't enough room uh, in, in his life for her. So they have that rooftop scene in, uh, I think it's uh, episode 10. Mm-hmm. Remember that the hospital right before the, the ninjas start scaling sure. the walls? Yep. To, to go after the zombie children? Right. That was, that was the one Claire Temple arc, kind of. Yeah. Was right. the zombie kids. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there just wasn't room for her. But she, she's going to be in, in, in Luke. And, oh, she's going to be in a lot of Luke. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think she's, they're going to keep using her more and more as it goes along. They're kind of. You know, yeah. my, my problem with the second season was pretty much the, the same as my problem with the first season, is I was never in love with the three core characters. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. The three core characters of Jessica Jones are better than the three of Daredevil. Yeah. I know Malcolm doesn't have as much screen time, uh, as, uh, uh, seemingly, as Deborah Ann Wolf, as, as Karen Page, as the third character, but he's so effective on his time on yeah, screen. Yeah, he's so, so much more interesting. I just, I just never, I can't buy, I never bought Karen, I never, yep. bought, I never bought Foggy. Nope. It's just, you know. Yep, I don't buy him. I don't buy him, but I don't think it's their fault. I, I actually don't think they're bad actors. In fact, I think they wrote Foggy way better um this season you know i mean they had to make him smarter that was the only way to make him more appealing yes he definitely he was more three-dimensional this year for sure yeah he he was more i agree with you he was more appealing uh, season two than season one and they tried with karen with her complicated relationship with frank castle i mean they really tried yes 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 they really gave it a go so why didn't it happen because I don't think she's a bad actress, but she has that pouty face thing that I'm always complaining about with, with chicks on superhero shows. Yeah, I don't know. I just just could not connect yeah. with that character she was portraying. I don't know if it was it's her. Tough. It's tough. It's, with, with, with women that have that body figure and that look, I mean, they just look perfect, like on paper or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, there's a there, there's a Canadian actress who's on uh, Stargate Universe, which I'm always talking about, Elise Levesque, um, who has a very similar look and acting approach, and you never quite buy her too because she's just too pretty for the role, and they end up having to make her abducted by aliens, and they implant something in her, and she starts becoming an alien, and so they have to create all these plot things to make more three-dimensional. I agree with you. I, they should have focused more on Electra, but... <sighs> yeah, yeah. Electra was so, so so much more compelling of a character. You know, if 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 you were a, a Ray Donovan guy, what I would do is I, I would say just take a, you compare Karen to to Ray Donovan's executive assistant, who's the, this this lesbian chick who is just so interesting well, I love and she's so funny. Yeah. She's so three dimensional. She's so real. Mm-hmm. She's so much more interesting than than, yeah. than Karen. I mean. I won't harp on this too long, but Tatiana Maslany plays at least seven Uh-oh, versions of herself that are more interesting than Karen Page. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. the, her, the main like six or seven Tatiana Maslany clone versions of herself on Orphan Black are, are more interesting. And the question is, you know, so let's do a little psychology here. Mm. You don't know much about behind the scenes. I don't know much about behind the scenes. Right. I don't even know much about behind the scenes of Jessica Jones. I, I know about the. I know about the sort of the production, the fifteen years leading up to it. But in terms of the making of, I don't know that much. Mm-hmm. So is Deborah Ann Wall 
playing herself too much, not playing herself enough? Like, what's the sense that you get? You know what I mean? Sometimes they play themselves too much, and sometimes they try and reach and, and get for something they can't get. I think she's playing a character that she didn't completely step into her skin. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's Deborah getting in, is, is Deborah being Deborah. I think she just didn't completely visualize and conceptualize who this character should be. She's just too, two dimensional for, for me. And plus, and plus she has to do more because look at, she looks like, like a tall model. Yeah. And yeah. so you got to do, do something with her hair. To, yeah, right. Exactly. She's got to yeah. do something to get out from behind yeah. that tall model yeah. statuesque deal. I know. I know. I know. All the comic book properties make this, this mistake. It, I mean, Scarlett Johansson almost looks real compared to some of these girls. Exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. You know, at least she's short and full bodied, you know, like not like tall with like no hips, you know, but a body somehow. But it's not, it's not even just that. It's that she's like constantly a victim, but, you know, but fighting back. I mean, this is such a superhero cliche. Don't blame it on her. Um, I, I, on the other hand, Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson, I think he's basically playing himself. I just don't think he's a very appealing personality. Um, I, you know, I don't think his problem is reaching too far, although I do love his relationship with the, uh, the, the, the blonde, uh, the pretty blonde girl who you <laughs> right, think right. wouldn't have a crush on him, but kind of makes sense in a lot yeah, of ways. You know, that, that's a great point. Yeah. That, that is probably when Foggy is the most interesting is when he's juxtaposed yeah. to her. And now he's working with Carrie Ann Moss. Oh my God, that's Hogarth. I, I was so pumped when the, I, I had no idea Carrie Ann Moss made an appearance, but the fact that she hired Foggy, that's going to be great. Yeah. You know, him, you know, her ordering him around, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like right. reversing the sexist, you know, uh, stuff, you know, and the, yep, treating yep. him, treating him like a piece of meat, you know. I mean, that's right. just going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> so I can only speculate as to why Electra was not loved. Um, my guess is it seemed predictable from the beginning. What's predictable? That you know she would be the superhero seductress, which is like a major superhero you know phenotype or whatever in, in the comics is is the female seductress um and, and that you know she would seduce matt murdoch and that you know and, and that would be his undoing and then she would die either for good reasons or for bad and blah 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 i think what happened was by the time they got to the part where they were making her three-dimensional it was already too late in terms of the rest of the story in that the ninjas and the hand, just everything wasn't adding up. I mean, in Arrow, you know, at the end of the first season, the very similar organization from Japan with very similar looking people. And by the way, I loved how Daredevil, Electra, and the ninjas all wore the ex- same exact shades of black and red. I was like, really? Come on, guys. <laughs> like, you know, like, but, you know, but anyways, Arrow at least blew the fuck out of Sterling City at the end of season one of Arrow. I mean, they really blow up part of the city, you know, right. this didn't, there was no stakes in this whole thing. It was like a stalling. This felt like a classic, you know, second season of a three season series. Well, the stakes were all about what the hand was going to do to Manhattan with that, you know, with the blood draining and uh, the uh, the uh, sixty story hole in the ground and all all that. That's what was looming the whole time. I have to think they're trying to combine the. Now we know Jessica Jones was experimented on against her will. Uh, we're going to find out about Luke Cage being experimented on. You know, are they related to these experiments? Is it the military? 
you know, I think they're trying to tie these things together. Mm. Of course, we're seeing the same exact thing in complete parallel, but with no relation on S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And we're seeing similar things in the movies. So we've got the MCU movies, and then, you know, with with Cap and and Iron Man and so forth, Black Panther going forward, Spider-Man. And then we've got the Netflix series, then we've got S.H.I.E.L.D., and they all seem to be in parallel. They make little casual references. I don't know if they made actually a single MCU reference this entire season of Daredevil. I mean, I don't know. The one reference was when she took over the the reporter who died in the first season's office when Karen takes over the office, which I thought was smart, actually, to make her in the press. That, that's a more natural fit for her, I think, to be a... To be yes. a reporter or whatever. Yes, yes. And I, I really despise that actor in the first season, the writing for that actor. But whatever, you know, Ben. And, ben. and, and he's got all the, he's got little paper clips about, you know, the Battle of New York and Sokovia. I mean, that was really the only nod to anything mm-hmm. going, going on. Um, you know, I mean, so to sort of bring this towards the end, because I got to, if I'm going to release this tomorrow before Luke, I can't have this go too long, which is that. You know, I, I think the more far afield they go, like Jessica Jones, and I think we're going to see with Luke Cage, the more success they're going to have. And Daredevil may be the first, and he may be the most popular from the comics. Yeah. But after we see Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, who almost no one knows, um, and the Punisher, who people do know, but we're getting a much more subtle portrayal in the in the show. I think Daredevil is going to end up going down as being the least interesting not the least good just the least different and interesting yeah, of, of these I, I characters think, right yeah. i think as things stand now that that's a pretty safe prediction e- even not having seen anything about luke cage but i think you know luke cage is going to eclipse it easily i think eclipse daredevil easily from a stylistic standpoint it's it's hard to to think that's not going to be the case um i think we're going to see characters uh, uh luke cage like brother mazone from uh the wire Mm-hmm. You know the Malcolm mm-hmm. the Malcolm X guy with yeah. assassin. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think this was a horrible effort, but the fact that like D'Onofrio um, and uh, Ro- Rosario and you know uh, to a lesser extent Electra and and John Bernthal w- were such highlights of the season just underscores, I think, a little bit of a lack of chemistry of the of the lead three. And I don't know if that's just casting or direction. You know, I don't know where that comes yes. from because, yes. you know, Jessica and Trish Walker, you immediately buy their sisterly friendship in JJ. I, for, I do. I mean, you know, I can find no holes in it. I mean, as I mentioned in my commentary, it feels like Rachel Taylor and Kristen Ritter hang out outside the show. Like, that's how close they seem inside. You know, I think I would put my money on on casting. I just don't think those three were the right. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of Char- Charlie Cox's in this role either. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about any of the three of them. Yeah. 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 And but, but what's great is again, they can spin off series like Punisher. It's too bad. I don't think they're going to spin off. Electra. Well, but, yeah. But you know, I think the show, the reason I watch both seasons and watch the second season twice is because of, the other four characters that you mentioned, you know, Electra and Fisk and, and Bernthal and, um, and Rosario. And, and then that along with the New York City character, the noir and all that, that's enough for, for me. Yep. All right. Well, we will look forward to Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to actually get Maddie G on here. So we're going to do a little back-to-back. Okay. Um, so you mean th- now? 
Yeah, yeah. When I hang up with you, I think oh, I'm wow. going to get bad on it, possible. To, to talk about? This. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rather than do a three-way, have, have yep. a couple different perspectives. So thanks for being on, Papa B. You're very welcome. We're Thanks gonna, for having me on. That was really fun. Absolutely, as always. And uh, um, uh, Bizzlecast listeners, uh, my Jessica Jones, all 13 commentaries are out there. I've been advertising it a lot. Um, I'm trying to they're, get the... They're, they're really good. The, it's a really good set of uh, commentaries. Yeah, I mean, it's just a perfect combination of a show I feel passionately about and just makes me laugh and smile, even the dark parts of it. Yes. You know, it just feels so human. Daredevil's a little cold for me. Yeah. And, and that's why I, I'm in the minority, actually, of thinking uh, really quickly to try and get you one last time that the third Dark Knight movie, The Dark Knight Rises, with Anne Hathaway and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are actually my, is actually my favorite, even though most would say that was the weakest of the three because they brought in all these great actors like Hathaway and Gordon Levin and others and it just was more human Tom Hardy was in it and oh was a, Tom Hardy was a bad guy that was both really scary and really funny at the same time you need humor you need I mean, that's what I say in these you know when you have nothing else make it funny make it funny yeah. make some jokes if they just lighten the you know the tension a few times I might have liked it more you know the, the psychological effect that the Han Solo thing or you know or Captain Malcolm Reynolds from the Serenity, you know, Firefly, you know, yeah. like the comic r- relief in the dangerous situations that those guys provide. You just can't put a price tag on. And, Absolutely. And when they let Matt Murdock be funny, like twice in the series, it, he's great. Mm-hmm. Charlie Cox has great comedic timing. So I blame this on the writers. It was not a horrible season. I hope we see Electra back. I know the male nerds aren't into it, and maybe the female nerds aren't. But you know, I think you're looking in the wrong place, people. Absolutely, yeah. she's terrific. I really love her. She's terrific. We're going to see more of her. So thanks for being on. And Thank you. Uh, we'll have you back on. I don't know what. Uh, I mean, we got Doctor Strange. We got we got Rogue One. Um, I think maybe we'll have you back on like late fall after we've seen some more. I mean, we've seen Hell in High Water. We've seen Don't Think Twice. Um, we're going to go see some more kind of indie stuff. Maybe we'll have you back and we'll, we'll do sort of a pre-pre-Oscars, you know, talk yep. about yep. some of the better indie movies. Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to going to trip over this uh, this fall and, and deep in, into fall and early winter that'll be great to talk about. Awesome. All, All right, right. Bizzleverse, uh, Papa Bizzle, thank you very much. Over and out. Over and out, and we are out.